Welcome to our Thursday morning Chesedus class, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, Lamed Sivan Tavshin Pei Aleph, the 30th of Sivan 5781, June 10th, 2021. So what have we been learning? We have been exploring the Maimer of Parshas Shlach, Lahoven Inyan Tainas Hamiraglim, Tavshin Tesvav, the Maimer of 1955, Parshas Shlach, to understand the deeper dialogue between the spies and between 10 of the spies and two of the spies, those who opposed going into the land and those who advocated going into the land. But here we are discussing the whole story from a deeper spiritual perspective. This is quite an intense and profound mimer exploring the various facets of the human personality. But to sum it up, we have learned about three aspects of of the human personality. Let's call them primal drives, midas. Let's call uh, another component, which is ideas and thoughts, which is seichel and machshava. And then what you have, what's called emotions, which are the way the Midas are expressed as hergation, as, as visceral experiences that we feel. Now, it's important to clarify something here, I think very important. When people say, I feel, it could mean two very separate things. For example, a person tells you, or tells himself or herself, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling glad. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling resentment. That's a very visceral description of what I'm feeling. I'm actually feeling it in my body. It's actually like a, a sense, you can even call it a sensation. Some people, it's it's more conspicuous if you're more in touch with your with your body. If you have more body awareness, with some of us, it's less conspicuous. We have to work more on it because of disassociation that we have perhaps done during some point in our life. But that's one type of emotion. I feel is I actually feel. I I can feel it. <laughs> it's 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 vibrating. It's pulsating inside of me. It's simmering. You know. The, 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 you can experience it. It's an experience, a visceral experience. There's another another expression when people say, I feel, that means something else. For example, somebody will say, you know, their sibling is making a wedding. My sister, my brother, are marrying off a daughter. And the wedding is in Montreal. I don't feel like driving to Montreal. I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm not feeling so well. I've had a hard day, I've had a hard week. I don't feel like going to Montreal. But I feel that I have to be at the wedding. One second, you just said you don't feel. Oh, it's a different feeling. I don't feel like going to Montreal, meaning I'm not in the mood of it. My body is like, let's just go to sleep. But I feel that I have to go to the wedding. This is a value. It's my sister. And I love my sister. And even if right now that love doesn't translate in a 
physical sense of excitement. I want to go to the wedding. I don't want to. I'm not in the mood of it. But I feel like I have to. That's a different type of feeling. That's, that's a value. That's das. That's a conviction. That's based on my perspective on life. What is, what is the right thing? What is the right thing? I may feel it. I may not feel it. I may be excited about it. I may not be excited about it. I may be in the mood. I may not be in the mood. So what? You don't have to follow your values only when you're in the mood of them. Even when I'm not in the mood, I could still see the different options and then choose that which is my value, which is, which is a reflection of, of what I believe in, what I think, what is dear to me, what is really meaningful to me. I just wanted to make that clarification. So generally speaking, we have here three levels, Midas, Meichen, and the Hergish of Midas. Midas are the primal drives of a person. And he says, you have to respect those drives in you and in somebody else, because they don't change. In fact, they are a mirror of the Etzem HaNefesh. They are a mirror of the etzem hanefesh. He calls it hashrashep shutab etzem hanefesh. If you trace them back, you will find them embedded. Those characteristics, these drives, are embedded in the core of the soul. And those things you don't want to change. Those things you can change. This is this is who I am. Respecting me means respecting this, respecting these primal drives of a person. It's a fascinating idea. And this is what the, and this is Midas, and they're deeper than ideas. Ideas are what the soul possesses. Midas is what the soul is. It's who I am. That's Midas. It's deeper than Meichen. Meichen is intellectual ideas, perspectives, values, and, and therefore thoughts. There's Seichel and Machshav, ideas are manifested through thoughts. That's how I process ideas to myself. And how do I communicate ideas to you? Through words. That's Dibur. And then there's action, which is implementation. But before action, there are thoughts. Thoughts is my conversations with myself. You can't talk to yourself without thinking. And thoughts are also comprised of language. We think in a certain language. And then there are words. You communicate in words to others. There's communication to self and communication to others. As a result of this, we have the primal drives called Midas. We have the concept called Seichel, Moichen, Machshava, ideas, thoughts. And then there is the Midas, the Hergation, the feelings, the way they're actually manifested in a person's real life. I feel it in a visceral way. These are the three components we have been exploring in the previous classes. The fact is that every single mida, every single emotion, so we have like this, primal drives, ideas and thoughts, and then emotions. Midas, moichen, and midas, the way they come out in hergish and feeling. And again, when we hear the word midas, people often get confused, just like we get confused in English about the word feelings. What does feelings mean? Is feelings a feeling or is it a value? Is it here or is it here? <laughs> Where is it? It depends. 
depends on the context. The word midos also, we could be referring to midos that transcends moichin completely. It's who I am, it's my primal drives. And then there's midos, the way they're born and they emerge through moichin. And those are the emotions I feel, which will always be preceded by certain thoughts. Every midah in the world needs engine, needs an engine. Every feeling in the world, every feeling you're having needs fuel. It needs a soul. And the soul that gives it life is always a thought. There's no such a thing, a midah without a thought. It's not easy to see always because I get overwhelmed. I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling so because of certain thoughts that produce these emotions. That's very important. That's why we often talk about Seichel as being the mother of Midas. Because without a mommy, there's no baby. Without a Tati and mommy, there's no offspring. So you need parents to be able to have children. They are the ones who give birth to the children. So we talk about, in so many Svarim, including in Chassidus, especially in Chabad Chassidus, already in Tanya in chapter 3, and many other places in Tanya and in the works of the Balatanya, that Seichel is the source of Midas. It's the Mami of Midas. In fact, Chachma is called Tati, and Bina is called Mami. Chachma is awareness, Chachma is conception, and Bina is comprehension, understanding. You have Chachma, Bina, Das, wisdom, understanding, knowledge. They are considered the progenitors, the parents of Midas. Because every single emotion is preceded by a thought, by an idea. Always. Look at any emotion you're having, and there is a thought that preceded it, which is so important in life to know. Because that's the only way you can understand what's going on in your feelings. I'm experiencing something in such a powerful and potent and visceral way. And... Enoid Mulvada, there's nothing else, right? I'm feeling it and this is everything. But that's that's an immature form of experiencing your Mida. A deeper, mature way of looking at it is, okay, I got it. I'm not I'm not I'm not questioning this is your visceral reaction, but now my question is, can we ask ourselves what was the thought that I experienced just one minute ago, right before this emotional explosion or implosion. This is such an important process in life because by understanding the mother, I can understand the child better, (laughs) right? It's like the therapist will ask the patient, can you tell me about your mother and your father? Rebbe Zeril, you ever do that? (laughs) Can you tell me about your house? Can you tell me about your father? It's one of the first questions. Why is that the first question? Because if I know what type of home you grew up in, I know about your mother, I know about your father. I can understand. I can't understand everything. We'll soon see that the real things I don't understand. (laughs) But I understand a lot. So I want to ask my emotion, who's your mommy? Who's your tati? What ideas, what thoughts produced you? Who comes to? May I embossa? Where do you come from? And when you can look at that, you will learn so much. I didn't just get angry, or to put it differently, I never, we never respond emotionally to what somebody else says or does. We respond emotionally to the way we processed what they said and did. That's why two people can hear the same thing, and one person 
gets overwhelmed from, say, anger, and the other person is like, okay, next. What happened? They both heard the same thing. The answer is, they didn't hear the same thing. Yeah, they heard the same words, but they processed it differently. The meter doesn't come from you, it comes from me. It comes from my thoughts about what you said. It's not what you said that evoked and triggered such a reaction. It's the way I processed what you said that triggered such a reaction. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? This is so important. Because this is where you begin a journey into the MS, into your truth. Without this, I'm stuck. These are my reactions. Okay, I understand these are my reactions. So a child can't always do this. As an adult, we also can't always do it, but this is what we work on, we would try to work on. Understanding, tracing back the source. And that's what Chassidus talks about. That's, that's part of what Chassidus means when it says in so many places, including in this Mimer, that Moichin is the parent of the Midas. And parents have to take responsibility. <laughs> the worst thing for a parent to do is, Oh, sorry, I'm not responsible in this house. Things happen on their own. You're not a parent. A parent got to call the shots. I know in America in 2021, it's maybe not politically correct, but it's still the truth. Parents got to call the shots. (laughs) Parents are parents. A father has to be a father. Mother has to be a mother. Not in a mean way, not in a negative way, in a very meaningful and productive and loving way. The worst thing in a company is the boss comes in and somebody says, we have to make a decision right now, right here. Oh, I have nothing to do with this place. Do whatever you want. That creates chaos. Parents have to take responsibility for everything that's going on in life, in the home. At least for many things that's going, that are going on in the home. I can't... Now, we'll soon see that there's a very important uh, qualification here, which we didn't get at yet. We discussed it in the previous classes. But this is, this is stage one. So moichen, take responsibility. I am responsible for my emotions. Responsible doesn't mean I can eliminate them or transform them with a snap of a finger. Responsible means I have to be able to see what is happening within my own system that is creating this cycle, that is creating this. That's what responsibility means. Responsibility doesn't mean some people say, oh, I'm responsible and if I can get rid of it. No, no, I can't. I may have a leak in my home, right, that I'm responsible for because of certain things I did, but now I got to bring in the plumbers and we got to work on it. But responsibility means to identify what's going on. That's what responsibility means. Very important. Responsibility doesn't mean you can go like this and it's gone. Responsible parents, they can't fix the helm like this, but they can take responsibility. This is what's going on, and this is our part in it. And this is therefore our calling right now. Very important. The same is true with Midas and Meichen. I can just get emotional and say, you know, every time you come into my room, my heart starts palpitating and I feel stress and anxiety and anger and frustration. Every time I even see you on the phone, my heart is already uh, not calm. Okay? But remember, it's not the other person. It's the way I'm processing the other person. It's the way I'm processing you. It's, it's the way I'm experiencing you. It's, it's, it's what my thoughts are telling me about you. Well, you say, no, it's the other person that has nothing to do with me. 
That's not true. <laughs> it has all to do with me. Now, this is not guilt. It's not judgment. This doesn't mean you're bad, you're guilty, you're a horrible person. This may be something that for me is survival. It may be that there's something in your being, in your words, that trigger my amygdala. And my amygdala, which is my reptilian brain, that's what they like calling it. I'm not sure it's an appropriate name, but they like calling it the reptilian brain. But maybe it's associated a little with the Nefesh of Bahamas, operates with fight and flight. The reptile is part of the Nefesh of Bahamas. It's fight and flight. And when you're coming, when you're coming, you know when your fire alarm goes off in the house? You know when it goes off, you're in the middle of a Shabbos meal, you're in the middle of singing a song and there's a fire alarm. You can't sing. The fire alarm is buzzing. It's so hot because it wants you out of the house or it wants you to call the fire department. My amygdala <laughs> starts lighting up danger, 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 danger. I'm not blaming the person. This, have, this may have been my survival skill from the age of seven years old. And when you're walking into that room, that is being triggered. I can't think anymore. I am overwhelmed. So this is not about judgment, but it's about identifying what is the engine behind the Mida? What is the soul of the Mida? In Tanya, there's an expression in Shar HaYichud Ve'amunah Perik Ches, Perik Tes, that every single Mida has a soul. And the soul is the Machshava that is fueling it. There is always a thought that is responsible for the Mida. And that's why we say Seichel is the source for Midas. It's the, it's the progenitor, it's the father, it's the mother that produces it. There is always an awareness that precedes a midah. And this is where avoda comes in, because when I can become more and more and more aware of that, I can see what is going on. I can almost see the process happen. And that's where healing can be introduced, because I can start making choices. I can start gaining perspective. I can start seeing the various options. But, as we're learning in this Mimer, that's only the way Midas come out, that they're children of Moichen. But in their source, they actually come from a place that's deeper than Tati and Mami. They come from a place not that's deeper, they come from a place that's independent of Tati and Mami. They emerge, they emerge just like a child. Tati and Mami are not responsible for the child's soul. They don't give you your soul. God gives you your soul. Yes, the body of a child develops from the conception, from the synthesis of the, of the, of the egg and the seed, the sperm and the egg, where the egg is fertilized and ultimately Be'ezri Hashem develops into a healthy embryo. And as the fetus develops, it becomes a full-fledged person. And through the father and th- primarily through the mother in nine months of pregnancy, the child's soul and body emerge into the world. But Tati and Mami are not the ones who draw down and create. We don't create our child's neshama, our child's soul. So This is God's creation. This is God's product. That's the Talmud says, every child has three partners. <laughs> Hashem. Father and the mother. Gimel Shutfin, the Gemara says in Maseches Nida. Similarly, in our Mashal, in our Nimshal, your Moichin, your father and mother, don't create the essence of the Mida. They give birth to it, just like a mother gives birth to a child. She allows the Neshama to come out into the world, but she doesn't create the Neshama. She's not responsible for the Neshama. 
She's responsible for bringing it out into the world. Very important distinction. Midas themselves are rooted in the etzem hanefesh. Your visceral reactions to these thoughts can be traced back, if you go way, way, way back, to primal drives that are embedded in you that transcend any intellectual ideas or thoughts. And that's the reason why certain thoughts produce certain emotional reactions. Why these thoughts? Why do these thoughts produce such reactions for you and not for me? And conversely, the answer is because of our different experiences, of course, because of our different stages in life, and primarily because how they, what they say about our primal drives. When the thought, when the thought introduces an idea that makes me feel that my primal drive is being threatened or compromised, it will result in a very harsh emotion. Contrary to that, conversely, when my thoughts are telling me this is a person or this is a situation that will actually promote your primal drives and bring you closer to the fulfillment of your primal drives, this creates a positive emotion. So we have three different levels of life. Primal drives, that's midos. As he says, it's the hashrashah shut of etzim nefesh It reveals the essence of my soul. It's a mirror that allows you a peek into who I am. There is meichen, that's awareness, thoughts, ideas and thoughts, seichel and machshava. And then there are midos, the way they come out in hergish, meaning my visceral, emotional, bodily reactions. I call them primal drives, ideas and thoughts, and emotions. Emotions. When we say the word midas, you can get confused between the two. Are we talking about the primal drives that I may not feel in my body? I may not feel my primal drives in my body, but they are me. <laughs> they are who I am. Those are the things that are most important to me because that's who I am. That, those are the that's what midas, and they're deeper than my head. And then you have the moichen, ideas and thoughts, and then you have midas, the way they come out as emotions. I'm actually feeling it. I'm emotional about it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it in my body. It's, it's a reaction in my body. It's an experience in my body. Those are the three dimensions that we speak about. Primal drive in Hebrew is dachafim rishonim. Drive is a dachaf, dachafim, right? Rishonim. The the Maimer the compares it to Rotzen. Rotzen Hanefesh Atzma. It's Meshichat Hanefesh. Masha Hanefesh Rotza. Ani lo bocher baza. Ze Masha Ani. Afshar lit kachesh loza. Afshar lasot kilu eno. Afshar lahagid lamisha. Eh, mi ichpat. It's like I told you once. A therapist told me that. Uh, when he speaks to a patient, how does he know he's getting somewhere? The patient is very emotional about something, very upset about something, very excited about something, very overwhelmed about something, right? So he starts peeling, you know, the layers of the onion. And he'll say, so this is doing what to you? And he'll say, it's making me feel, let's say, sad, right? making me feel lonely, it's making me feel misunderstood. And, and there'll be a question, why, why, why is that a negative thing? 
Like, okay, so that's what you're feeling. Why, why don't you like that? And he'll give a reason. And he'll challenge that reason. <laughs> so he'll give another reason. And he'll challenge that reason. I'll give a deeper reason. And he, he told me, as long as the patient has an answer why, I know that I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> and then at some point, he'll lift up his hands and maybe a tear will come down his cheek and he'll say, I don't know why. It's just, it's just what I want. <laughs> so now he knows he touched something much more real. Because this is the, the, the border between seichel, between analyzing things, and midas, and ratzai. In other words, I went to a place that's deeper than why, because ultimately, there's no why. You can always ask, so, so why this, so, so why? You can always ask, so why is that important? And at some point, you have to say, Azoi, this is, this is who I am, this is what I want. Th- that's what primal drives are. He calls it here, which I translated as, these are characteristics that are embedded in the undefined essence of the soul. They are mirrors into who you are. Understood? Somebody translated it as primitive drives, but I, I prefer much more primal. Primal is a dachafim rishanim. They sometimes call it dachafim bahamim, but it's not, a, not the right translation. It's not animal drives, it's primal drives. Primal drives means pre-verbal drives, pre-machshava drives. They're not processed in thought in order to feel them or experience them. They're pre-verbal, they're pre-machshava. And as he says in the Maimri, they're there the moment you're born. And they exist in every person. In a child you won't see seichel. And sometimes in a shaita you won't see seichel. At least no serious development of it. But midas, you'll see by everybody. Why? Because it's, it's the nefesh, it's the soul. And every person has a soul. A child, an infant, one day old, has a soul just like a 90-year-old genius or a 60-year-old genius. It's a beautiful word. And since a one-day child has a soul, midas you'll see by everybody. These drives, these primal drives. And what do we mean by primal? Primal mean they predate machshava, they predate seichel. The words of the Zayar. Very important words. Emotions come from Atik. Atik is the Pnimius Akeser. So the primal here means that it comes from a deep, deep place that is beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond Seich. It's not like I think and therefore I have these drives. No, 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 no. On the contrary, your Machshava is a result of these primal drives. I develop certain ways of looking at the world and certain values because of these primal drives. Beautiful. So you're saying the word primal is associated with the word primate. Primate. Because prime, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like that which is in the beginning, that which is the source, that which is the core of everything. It's the beginning of everything. And you said that in in your university, they they taught that uh, they did research that when that somebody is let's say walking in the forest and they see a bear, yes, and the amygdala, the fight or flight reaction is triggered in a split second. There's two hundred and fifty changes in the body. That's amazing. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And in a split second, in yeah, a split second, huh? 
all the right that prepare the person that prepare the person for this confrontation right it says in Zohar we blow shoifer not with a human sound we use an animal sound we use the horn of an animal right we use the shoifer of a ram the horn of a ram why because we're looking for the primal voice of a person I'm looking for the pre-verbal voice I'm looking for the pre-machshava voice. I'm looking for that voice of the animal inside of me. In other words, my my deepest, deepest voice, kolapnima, the inner voice that can't be articulated not only in words, but even in a cry of a person. So we use the horn of an animal in order to be able to cry out by Tkiyat Shafer. I don't just go, no, we take the ram's horn, the ram, the isle, the behemoth, and we blow into the ram's horn. That's like a, a much more primal voice. Of course, it's processed through the human being as a human being. But in order to get to that place, we use the animal's horn. So that's a very powerful idea. That's pre-verbal, it's pre-machshava, it's pre-seichel, and it's pre the human, even the human experience, the way it becomes a human experience. So that's why we use the Tkiyashay for the ram's horn. It's, it's almost a cry of pain. The uh, cry of pain. Also, there's pain, there's waking up, there's exclamation, there's coronation. Yeah, there's a lot there. Somebody asks, I think it's a big mistake to reference the brain as an explanation for anything. According to Judaism, the body, including the brain, exists within the soul, as opposed to vice versa, where the soul exists inside the brain. It's the other way around. Yet, the brain can serve as the visibility of a movement of the soul, just like a movement of the body serves as the visibility of some desire, but it doesn't mean that the brain causes anything, whether a reaction or otherwise. And just like erasing a word can prevent its meaning, being shown in the world without that meaning, the word is the meaning. Damaging the brain, God forbid, can prevent an aspect of the soul from expressing itself. It doesn't mean that the brain, that aspect, the amygdala is responsible for everything. So yes, when you erase a word, you prevent the meaning from the word not being shown in the world. So without the brain, God forbid, that aspect of the soul can't be expressed and manifested. But don't give all the credit to the brain itself. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the, for the comment. So now let's go to the next step. The metaphor that we learned previously in the Mimer was, when it comes to Seichel and Midas, Midas we're talking now in terms of emotions, the way the primal drives are manifested in real tangible emotions. The example that was given to that is, a person has a desire for a great treasure. But if I don't know that there is a treasure, or where there's a treasure, I'm sure any of you, you know, would have a desire for $100,000 or a million dollars, it could pay the bills, you can do good things with it. But right now you're not feeling this craving to it because... Because nobody showed you where it is. But let's say somebody can point and say, hey, there's a treasure right there. And you trust them. You trust them. They're not lying. At least you don't think they're lying. 
suddenly your desire to that treasure is triggered. It comes out. You're excited. Your heart is palpitating. Wow, 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 I'm running. You're running. What happened? The, the, the person who said there is a treasure, he didn't create the excitement. The excitement is part of who you are. You like, you would like a million dollars. And when you see it and it's yours, you're going to get excited about it. But without that person pointing a finger to that place, that excitement would remain dormant because there's nothing to get excited about. But when that person pointed to that closet and said, hey, there's a million dollars waiting for you, suddenly you're having a visceral emotional reaction. You're running towards it with a lot of enthusiasm, with bated breath. And the reason you're running through it is because you're feeling your desire. So did this person create your desire for a million dollars? No, he didn't create it. But this person is triggering it, arousing it, revealing it. That's the metaphor for Seichel and Midris. Seichel is the Maramakim. It's that person pointing their finger, putting up a sign. That's where the treasure is, or that's where the danger is. That's where the treasure is, or that's where the danger is. Without that sign, without that Maramakim, the Midris are there inherent. Seichel does not birth the Midris. Seichel does not, say it, I'll say it different. Seichel does not create the Midas. Seichel births the Midas into revelation. Seichel does not create the Mida. You didn't create my desire for a million bucks or 10 million bucks. What you did do was by pointing my, your finger towards that space and showing me, hey, there's a treasure there and you can access it. You brought out from concealment, you brought out from my own system the feeling that was always potentially there, but it was dormant, it was not alive, it was not vibrant. And that's what awareness always does. That's what Seichel always does. Seichel labels things, it categorizes things, it processes things, it gives definitions, and therefore it allows these hergation, these feelings, to emerge in a very real way in my body. And that's why going back to awareness is going to help me see how the Midas emerged. But it's not going to, it's not going to help explain and clarify the ultimate secret of the Mida, which is rooted in my primal drives that are primal, they're pre-Seichel, and they're higher than Seichel. Which... <clears throat> As a result of this, the Rebbe asked a big question. If it's this, this the case, that Midas really come from a higher place than Seichel, a much higher, a much deeper place than Seichel, how is it that Seichel has any control and balabatishkeit over Midas? How does, how does that process work? So now we're going to continue inside. I know this was a very long introduction. So let's now continue inside. In the source sheets... We're up to 145. The last paragraph, Ubiyoiser Ene Muvan. Ubiyoiser Ene Muvan. The fact is, the last paragraph he finished, that Midais listened to Seichel. I listened to that person who is telling me there is the million dollars. I listened to him and I trust him and I respond to him. In other words, in many ways, Midais 
looks up to Seichel. Midas is subservient to Seichel. I'm going to trust my ideas and thoughts to be able to know how my Midas should emerge and what Midas emerges and at what point. How does Meichen have that power if Midas are really deeper than Meichen? If the child is not really a child, the child is really the parent, <laughs> and the parent is the child, so then how is it that the parent controls the child? If really the child is the parent, and the parent is the child? That's the question. What is even more not understood is It's not just that Seichel points a finger and therefore arouses or triggers the revelation, the birthing of Amida, it also affects Hagdal. Hagdal is maturity, development. In the maturation process of Midas, there are two stages. There is the Hagdala Mitzad Atzman, the maturity of Midas on, a, on their own, as he will explain, and there's the maturity of Midas that come from the Meichen. As, as, as he's going to explain now, two aspects in the Midas growing to become more mature. What are these two things? So the Rebbe starts explaining. The maturity of Midas on their own. And when he speaks here about Midas, what is he talking about? The feelings. Remember, there's primal drives, ideas and thoughts, and feelings. The maturity of Midas themselves is time. It's growing up. The moment you're born, you already have Midas. Nonetheless, they grow, they develop, they mature, just like the body. Every living thing, what's the sign of life? The sign of life is, it goes through changes, it goes through developments, it matures. A tree that is alive continues to grow. You can't compare the Midas of a one-year-old, a one-day-old baby, to the Midas of a one-year-old baby, to the Midas of a five-year-old, of a ten-year-old, of a twenty-year-old, of a thirty-year-old. We're talking about a person who grows up and develops and matures. So the fact is that as our awareness, it's not just our awareness points a finger and says, hey, this is what's going on, there's a treasure there, and the Midas emerge in their full, in their full splendor. No, as we grow up and our awareness matures and our perspectives change, our Midas respond, right? We all know that. That's how it works. I think the CBT model in psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, is based on this idea that my every Mida has a source, and that source is awareness. And you change your awareness, you can change your Mida to a significant degree. In addition to this, there is also the maturity that happens in Midas Mitzad Meichen. And he's going to explain the difference is the maturity of Midas on their own is 
They retain their identity, but they're just more mature, they're more developed. But then there is Hagdalah Shemitzah The maturity that comes from Meichen, from very, very serious and deep uh, process of the mind that he's going to discuss, is actually a change in the core. This is explained, this is a sugya in Kabbalah and in Chassidus, known as Ibur, Yenike, and Meichen. Ibur, Yenike, and Meichen are three stages of development which basically are translated as pregnancy, nursing, and full development of the mind. Ibur is the fetal state, when the fetus is impregnated in the mother's womb. That's called Ibur. Then there is birth, and then there is Yenika. Yenika means nursing, like it says about Sarah, right, that she was manik, lahanik, is to nurse. Yenika is the nursing. That represents the baby after birth, when it begins growing as an independent person, but it's nursing mama's milk. And then there's Meichen. Meichen is a third stage, which represents a fuller state of cognition and consciousness and identity. So it's three stages of identity, and it's three stages of Midas. There's the way my emotions are in a state of Ibur, in a state of Yenika, and in a state of Meichen. Kasher Hamidus, Ah? What happened, what happened to birth? Yeah, birth and Yenika. Yenika is birth. When the baby is born, it starts nursing. So that's after birth. And then there's Meichen, which is like a, a mature state of development. So in every state of life, I could be 30 years old or 50 years old, but I'm still in a state of Ibur. <laughs> My emotions are still in a state of pregnancy or in a state of nursing or in a state of Meichen. Ibur is fetal, fetal position. Your middays are in fetal position. Yenika is already a baby emerges, not a fetus anymore. But it's nursing. And then there's Meichen, which represents a, 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 a form of self-sufficiency, a, a deeper state in human development. Sometimes my middays, I always have middays. From day one you have middays. There's always the middays, because middays is a mirror of my soul, of who I am. But this Midah is in a state of Ibor, fetal position. Which means, generally in the Midah, there's three components. There's Chagas. In, in, in a person's, in, we, we speak about a person's persona, we have three levels. We have Chabad, Chagas, and Nehi. Chabad is Chachma Binadas. Those are our cognitive faculties. Chagas is Chesed Gura Teferis. Those are our basic emotional drives. Chesed is the need for attachment. Gvura is the need for authenticity. Teferis is, is empathy, compassion. Then you have Netzach, Hoid, and Yisoid. Netzach, Hoyd, Yisoyd are associated with the lower part of the body. Netzach is the right thigh, Hoyd is the left thigh, Yisoyd is the procreative organ, the Oizbris Kaidish. Chesed is the right arm, Gvur is the left arm, Teferis is the torso. When a person is in a fetal position, right? So the head and the heart are tucked in, they're tucked in into like the thighs. So what's dominating is the Netzach, Hoyd, Yisoyd, which is called Ibur. What does this mean in a person's life? 
Like we learned in the Maimer of Lagba Oimer, if you remember, Svartim Lachem, a few months ago, before Shavuos, Tavshinir Aleph. There's something called Haida'a da Haida'a. What does Haida'a da Haida'a mean? Haida'a means to be Maida, to submit or to acquiesce. A person agrees that I have to acknowledge, I have to admit, I have to concede, I have to acquiesce, or I have to thank. We say, I'm maida for the fact that I'm maida. The haida itself comes because of haida. This means that a person has healthy instincts, but there's not much awareness that is fueling it. I'm maida because of haida. In other words, there's a drive in me to be maida because that itself, amayda, amayda that I have to be maida. It's not that I understand it fully. It's not that I feel it fully. But there is a certain awareness, a certain deep instinctive acknowledgement that I have to acknowledge. So he says, I'm thankful at least that I could be thankful. I'm grateful for the fact that I can be grateful. I'm grateful for the fact that I can, I can, I can do the right thing. I can say the right thing, even if really it's not very developed in me, it's not, I'm not fully aware of it. Heskem, Heskem. There's like an agreement, Heskem, like Haskama. There's like an agreement in the soul. There's an agreement in the soul, yeah. A fetus, take a fetus. A fetus does a lot of stuff, right? But you're not going to say that it's from a state of premeditation and awareness and emotion. In other words, the Midas are coming out but they're coming out more in an instinctive fashion. And that's why it's such a primal place. It's such a primal place. But then our midas develop to a state of nursing. We're born. As we grow up, there's much more awareness. The midas mature more and more. We always have midas from day one. And even in the womb, there's midas. But there's Midas in a state of Ibur, there's Midas in a state of Yenika, and there's Midas in a state of Meichen. But they're always there. There's Midas in a fetal state, there's Midas in a birth state right after you're born, and the first years, and then there's Midas when you become much more self-aware, and you're pre- and it's the different parts of the brain actually developing, you know? Yeah. The amygdala, the limbic brain, the prefrontal cortex, and this is really the three levels here. We have the primal brain, the reptilian brain, right? Like you say, fight or flight. There are very serious drives coming out. In fact, the primate in us will emerge there in a very powerful way. That's why the child, the infant, is such an important moment. That's when the deepest impressions. People used to think that education starts when your kid is 10. We know today that education ends when your child is 3. <laughs> I don't mean that literally, but I'm saying... <laughs> right? They used to think it's true. They used to think that education begins when your boy or girl becomes 10 years old, you'll start educating them. You know, when they become bar mitzvah. Today, when they're three, it's done, finished. Why? Because it's in the primal, the prime, when a person is in their most primal state, that the deepest impressions happen. 
and their processes are not happening cognitively. They're not happening through consciousness and meditation and listening to classes. That's not how it happens. It's happening all on a primal, often unconscious level, and therefore it goes in so deep. So there's always midos, but even the fetus has midos, and certainly when you're born. But how are these midos processed, and how are these, these midos emerging? There's midos emerging in a state of ibur, there's midos emerging in a state of yunika, and there's midos emerging in a state of meichel. And this is the development of it. So even the child who's just born, and even that fetus, they're expressing their primal drives. You can see their midas. Listen to their tears and you'll hear it. The kicking in the womb is coming from deep primal drives. And yes, those primal drives are connected with survival. I want to survive. And it's not just survival in a very primitive way, but also, it's as he said before, an expression of my soul. It's not, it's not just, it's really an expression of, of the needs of the drives of my soul. Then, our midos become more developed. What do we mean they become more developed? As our brains grow, we have the amygdala. Then we have the part of the brain that's responsible generally for emotions, for the emotions of a person that we share with primates. Then you have what's called the prefrontal cortex. That's an example perhaps of moichen. So you have ibur, yinik, and moichen. It's three stages of the brain. It's fascinating that what we know today in neuroscience has been articulated in chassidus for hundreds of years. Fascinating. These three places, Ibur Ibur is very instinctive. It's fight or flight response. It's the reptilian response. But we can't stay there. We can't stay there. Then there is Yunika. Yunika is an expression of emotion. And that's what you see in a child growing up. Very intense emotion. And then you have going into adulthood where the prefrontal cortex is developed. That takes a long time. It's probably, I think the development finishes in the 20s, right? At 24 or so, because it continues to develop. Because the prefrontal cortex, that's already going from the state of Yunika to the state of Meichen. Ibur, Yunika, and Meichen. And the Midas mature. They go through a maturation process. They go through literally a maturity process. They go through, they become, they be, even though the Midas are always there. The Midas are always there. But because there's different functionality that developed in my brain and in my soul, they affect the midos. And he says, until you reach a point, doesn't happen with everybody. The midos become so mature, they actually become like a reflection of the moichen. The godless hamidos godless The greatness of your midos mirror the greatness of your ideas of your moichen. Which is when a person when a person's emotional uh, emotional reactions really, really mirror, they really become reflective of the ideas itself that my soul understands. And that's why this level of the development in Midas is not like the development that happens on its own. In Ibur Yenika, with more awareness, the Midas automatically develop. But it's that the Midas themselves become a mirror of Meichen. What do we mean? 
There is the maturity of Midas that happens on its own as a person grows up, and this is in the Kali. Kali means in the container, in the Midah, in the, in the, in the, in the, the container of the Midah. What is the maturity? The maturity is actually that the Midah, the Metzius of the Midah becomes greater. It becomes more powerful. The metzius, the identity, the reality, and the yeshes, the being, the, the ego, the existence of the middas becomes greater. The hagdala in the moichen, the maturity in the middas that develops because of the moichen, this is in the energy and the life that fuels the middah. And the more of the earth, the keli of it, is nullified, and this mida doesn't come out in 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 a, in a way of mitzias and murgash. It's not so conscious and felt as mida. Rather, the mida represents the bittel of the meichen. Al derech shematzinu gabi rashbi, k'sheshamer rozen eloyim mirayim ahem negachin Reb Shimon v'noshik la'afram. We find in Zayir a story that Reb Shimon ben Yechai, when he heard the greatest secrets of Raya Mehemna from the faithful shepherd from Moshe Rabbeinu, says Reb Shimon just. He bent down, he reclined, he reclined to the earth, he reclined to the ground, and he kissed the earth. His whole heart was overtaken. You're listening to a shear, why are you kissing? Why, why are you kissing the earth? The answer is, because this wasn't just an intellectual experience. This was an experience that encompassed him completely. So his whole lave was also moved. But there's two types of emotions. There's an emotion that he calls here, Yeshus, Metzius, Murgish, and there's an emotion that's not with a Metzius, that's not Murgish. An example for this is what we spoke of in Exodus, there's two words, Hispilus and Dveikus. Hispilus means when you're very excited about something. Dveikus means when you're one with something. And when you're one with it, you often will not see any excitement. Not because you're not excited, but because there's absolutely no separateness. It's like when somebody is glued to something. You're just mesmerized. You're consumed. You don't even have the ability to experience it as a separate being. Mida is by definition is I. I feel. I feel. It's my drive. When Midas become like Moichen, what does it mean? It's not anymore I feel. It's that the reality permeates me so deeply that I'm just one with it. So I don't even feel the excitement of it. Not because I'm not excited, but that the excitement is one in which I'm completely dovuk, I'm completely subsumed. You know, you saw over the generations, different sadikim daven in different ways. There were those who daven with a lot of ecstasy and they would jump and run and scream. And those that they're davening, you almost saw nothing. It looked like... They were emotionally not present, but sometimes it's a deeper presence. It's dveikas. It's like I go to the airport, I haven't seen my child in two and a half years, and I see him from far, and I start running. Hey, hey, you see your daughter, you haven't seen them in a few years, you know, they come back after a year of corona from Israel, and you meet them in the airport, and you start screaming, hey, and you're so excited, and you run over, and then you give a hug. And during the hug, everybody is quiet, everybody is silent. What happened? Now you should start screaming. The answer is the screaming before was representing the fact that there was a distance that we were trying to overcome. There was a gulf that we were trying to overcome. Once you're actually connected and you're embracing each other, now there's complete silence. It says this is the different stages in davening. Right? Psukhita Zimra, you're supposed to say, Bekoil or Benigan. 
especially Karlina Hasidim, you know, they scream the whole davening. It's amazing. But people, Psukid de Zimra, it's supposed to say, because the same is true with Kriyashma and the blessings of Kriyashma. Shmaina Esra is silence. It should be the other way around. Shmaina Esra is the, is the zenith of davening. That's when you should start screaming. The idea here is that Shmaina Esra, you reach a deeper space of silence. There's silence that comes, because I'm not interested, so I'm just quiet. But there's silence that comes from the fact that I'm completely subsumed. There's no I experiencing it. So Midah is by definition is I am driven to something. Like Rotson, I want, I feel, I need, I experience. When, when Midah in their ultimate maturity reach Moichen themselves. What's Moichen? The idea of Moichen is... I'm trying to understand an idea. It's not about me. That's the beauty of ideas. There's no bribery. Midas are about subjectivity. All about subjectivity. Meichen are about objectivity. Midas becoming like Meichen, going through this transformation, which is the highest level of development of Midas, is that Midas lose that element of I in the sense that they assume the Mohus of Meichen when Rav Shimon throws himself down to the ground and he kisses the floor when he hears those secrets of Raya Mehemna. It's representing the fact that the Midas themselves assume the identity of the Moichen, which is Bittled. It's not a Metzias. It's not Morgash. You don't feel the Mida. You don't feel the I because my excitement, my emotional oneness is completely experiencing the full Dvekas, the full intimacy. And therefore, you don't sense the self-consciousness and the excitement of Midas. This is the deepest level of the development of Midas. From Ibor to Yenika, to Meichen, from the amygdala, the limbic, to the prefrontal cortex. This is the ultimate Meichen. And he says, It's a little different to what the, the Zayar says, that when Rabbi Akiva heard the secrets of Torah from Rabbi Lazar, he began to cry. Over there, Rabbi Kiva cried because of the spilus in his moichen, in his in his brain, so to speak. He couldn't contain the the depth of the secrets. The dmoyus he moisrit mitzad moisrit moichen. V'zel shazolgoein of dmoyus v'sham moichen shlo layachbul lisbaylas ha'ayin. Avol einze ba'ifin sha'ayin nirigasham ba'midas shabalev. Tears are called moisre moichen, that which I can't assimilate into my conscious brain. It just doesn't fit in. So it comes out in tears. Sometimes you cry not just because you're sad. Sometimes you cry because you're happy, right? You cry from happiness. And sometimes you cry from an overwhelming awareness that surprises your brain. It's wow. You start crying. That's where Makiva started to cry. It didn't fit into the brain. So I start crying. But it's not, it's, it wasn't so much a focus on Midas. It was the focus of the learning, the learning. It was such a powerful idea that the only way for him to assimilate was through te- the, 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 his expression of how it startled him, how it overwhelmed him, how it was beyond the kalim of his moichim was through tears. Mashenkin When Nebshimen kisses the ground, over there, it's actually his spilos hamidas. It's the heart being moved. And even though Reb Shimon was so excited, these midas were not felt. 
This excitement was not conspicuous. Because the light was so deep that the keli became subsumed in the light. Every midah has two elements, the keli and the er. The keli of the midah is the self-consciousness of it. The er of the midah is the truth that is giving birth to the midah. That's the light, the soul of the midah, like we spoke before. Every midah has a soul and that's the awareness, the thoughts. Usually the er is bottled to the keli. That's the first levels of Midas, Ibur and Yenika. Meichin is where the keli of the Midas is bottled to the air. And when the keli of the Midas is bottled to the air, it's not felt in a self-conscious way anymore. Because what's felt is the experience, the truth that this Midas is expressing. And this is the ultimate maturity of the Midas that happens through the development of a person's ideas and awareness. But the bottom line here is that Meichen has a tremendous impact on Midas. So the Rebbe gets back to the question. Since Midas in their essence transcend Meichen, how do they develop and grow and mature through Meichen? Even the first idea that we spoke earlier in the Maimah, that Seichel is like a Maramakam, is like the guy pointing to the treasure and saying, there's the million bucks. And as a result of that, the Midas get triggered and aroused. That's also not understood. The canal, as we said before, since Midas are higher than Meichen, why are they obeying and listening to the instructions and the guidance of the Seich? Therefore, it's surprising, even when you think about the fact that Midas can be revealed and led and controlled on some level through Meich. Even that is surprising and startling. How exactly does that happen? What is it if Midas essentially are the primal drives? They are the eye, the core of the eye, the etzim nefesh. Seichel is something the soul has. Midas is what the soul is. So how is it that Seichel has that ability, that capacity to yield any influence whatsoever? Even if we said Seichel doesn't create it, Seichel just births it, Seichel reveals it, Seichel points out to Midas where, what reality is. This is danger zone, this is good zone, this is cotton candy zone, this is lollipop zone, this is vanilla ice cream, this is chocolate ice cream. This is hazelnut ice cream. This is whatever it is. I'm giving an example. Seichel is the one who gives labels and as a result of that, the Midas respond. Even that's startling. How that happens. Why are the Midas listening to the Seichel? But when you think about this last paragraph in the Maimah, that Meichen don't only bring it out, they also change it. They cause it to develop. Ibor, Yenika, Meichen, on all the levels we spoke about. Here the Seichel is the counselor, the Madrich. The Madrich is the mentor, the mentor of the Midah. I raise you, I develop you, I turn you into a man or a woman. Now the question becomes even greater.
The parent is really the child. The child is really the parent. So why is the child saying, I'm a child? The Midas are the parents. The Meichin are the children, really. If so, why is it that in life it becomes topsy-turvy? If the parent is really the child, and the child is really the parent, so then the parent should listen to the child, the child shouldn't listen to the parent. And yet what we're seeing here is that the child is guiding the parent. <laughs> the Meichin, on one, in one way or another, and all the levels he spoke about are affected by this. What exactly is happening here? So the Rebbe now, we're going to take a break, the Rebbe is now going to give one answer, and then he's going to get into a much deeper answer, which is going to give a whole new perspective to understand the relationship between Midas and Meichin, to understand who we really are, and as a result of that, who we can be. Okay, we're going to take a break here. We'll take some questions for a few minutes. Question. What relation do the efforts in life to elevate, develop, refine the midas, if that's the right term for what is meant, have to one's experience after the passing of the body? That's a great question. And of course, everything that we work on, everything... It's all part of our soul, which is eternal. So all of this work is not wasted. You know, when we work with our, with our brain and we work with our animal soul, it's all elevated and becomes part of the divine soul, which is eternal. So none of it, none of it is wasted. None of it. When you work on your body, you work on your midos, it's not wasted. Even the work in our body is not wasted. And that's the whole idea of tchiyas amesim. Why is the resurrection of the dead a principle of faith in Judaism? Let's say the dead will never be resurrected. You die and you die. The soul is eternal, I understand. It's not like a person is, is worthless. You know, you're dead and you're dead. But what's, why is it so important that the body is eternal? Because that's, the, that's, that's a very basic idea in Judaism. It's not just the soul that's eternal. The body is also eternal. That's an amazing idea. Even the work in the body is eternal. Yeah, so that's the answer to your question. Okay, next question. <laughs> Rabbi, so does that mean when I work out and put on some muscle, it'll be with me in a lama Bigger biceps, bigger triceps. <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking? In that case, I'll be working out all day. Who's talking? Can you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy. Um, uh, okay, you just finished the workout? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's motivating me, you know, gangs for a level forever. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm, I, I don't know, you know, this bicep, that bicep, but generally the, the work that we do in, in, in refining our body, and part of refining our body, as the Rambam says, is keeping our body healthy. The Rambam says that the, a, a healthy, strong body, the body being healthy and wholesome is, is part of serving God. Yeah. I'm very, somebody says, I don't understand. Why, do, why don't you talk about the fact that our main work is to align our primal drives with Hashem's will? Without that, what is the point of everything? This seems like such an endorsement of individuality. It's all about me, 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 me. Where is God in the picture? Oh, 
that's a good question. That's a good question. Okay, we're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. But let me tell you something. You'll only get to God in the picture if you understand all of this very well. If you deny the value of your primal drives, you're denying a major part of God's creation. So, but you're, but you're asking, where's the bittle? Where's the bittle? Why is it about my soul versus your soul? Very good. That's a very good question. And I'm going to ask you to wait for that till we get to the answer in this mimer because we did not get there yet. But a very good question. Next question. You speak about primal midah, then you speak about thoughts, then you speak about emotions. They exist for us humans. Do they also exist for Hashem? Yes, of course. They exist by us because they exist by Hashem. You have Hashem, so to speak, primal drives, so to speak, right? You have his thoughts, and then you have his midas. Yeah. Somebody says, is it possible to say that his primal drive was to create a home below? His thoughts went back and forth, create the world, don't create the world, sustain the world, don't sustain the world, as the Medrash says that the angels were arguing with him. His midas were his alternating... His midas were his emotions alternating between chesed and gvura, reacting to the conduct of man. Adam, Moshe, Noyach. Adam asks Hashem to spare everybody. I'm going to have to think about this more. Primal drives beget thoughts which beget emotions. Yes, I think that's very true. The farmer has a primal drive to continue to live which necessitates food. This leads to planting seeds, which corresponds to thoughts. These thoughts lead to the food, which grow emotions. So I would say that the farmer has a primal drive. He wants to live. He really wants to live. So he plants seeds. These seeds allow him to live. And that's basically machshava and seichel. And then these thoughts, these seeds lead to the food that grows, which is emotions, which it allows them to live. What I find, another comment, just by noticing the primal drive, as you put it, when they create negative emotions, can affect the visceral reactions. This is the whole point of real healing. I see in my life, when I notice the primal drive, when they create emotions, negative emotions, it creates a visceral reaction. And this is where healing comes. Why do you say that this drive cannot affect lower manifestations for the better? No, of course it could. Of course it could. What I'm saying is that my primal drive may not be expressed in my body. You're lucky. You have a direct flow. But some people, I can have a very deep primal drive and I'm not feeling it in my body, but doesn't mean it's not real. It's very real, and I may be feeling it all over my body, and I may be feeling it so much that I don't know that I'm feeling it, or I'm just not in touch with my bodily feelings. But the point is, it's not defined by that. It's a very deep drive. It's, it's beyond just the fact that I'm feeling something in my body, or I'm feeling a particular feeling. These things go to a much deeper place in a person. Okay. I'm going to wish everybody a wonderful and beautiful and meaningful day. Oh, I see more, a lot more questions here. Okay, on the yeshiva.net, I see more comments and questions. On the chat, I'll take another two questions.
Is there seichel producing emotions in davening? Or are we supposed to go past seichel and davening to a much higher place and experience the davening from a place that's higher than seichel? It would be interesting to go through all the ten spheres and all the midas with the marshal of the money in the treasure chest that when revealed entices the desire into a very strong emotion to get the money. Lamaise examples of how the world of seven midas are used to get that money. Yes, that's very, very good. That seichel really points a finger and allows chesed to come out, gvura to come out, teferis to come out, netzach, yisoid malchus. It always needs the pointing of the finger of seichel, which says, hey, look at that. Look at that. There it is. There it is. Or there he is. Or there she is. And that is what brings it out. And yet we have to go through specifically Be'ezer Hashem one day. Okay, Chavre, Agut Chaydish. Atzlochet, everybody. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.